Pronto, Vincenza. Pronto, Randy, and welcome everyone. We're so glad to be back. We had a little break, didn't we? Yes, a long break. <laughs> a long break, but welcome everyone tuning in to our Pronto podcast. We are on episode five, and today wow. is October 10th. Can you believe we're in October already? No, no I can't. I know that the, the seasons are flying by, the months are flying by. Before you know it, we'll, we will be in 2023. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so how was your weekend, Randy? I know that you are, obviously, you know, I've been busy because you, you follow everything I'm doing. Really? <laughs> but how have you been? What's new? Really, What's going on? Yeah, you know, the weather this weekend was really nice. So I got out and enjoyed it, took many walks. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, pageant. Uh, pictures from the pageant. Ah, yeah. yes, yes. Um, for those of you that don't know, my title holders, Miss Delaware USA 2022, Grace Lang and Miss Delaware Teen USA 2022, Ava McMurray competed for the Super Bowl of all pageants, the Miss USA and Miss Teen USA competition in Reno, Nevada last week. And uh, they worked so, so hard and prepared for so long for the, uh, the, the, the national competition and uh, the, oh, there's some photos. Wow. Oh, this is so great. Yeah. They did such a phenomenal job. I was so incredibly proud of them every step of the way, even before they arrived, just their preparation alone and their dedication to preparing themselves because a lot goes into it. It's not just, you know, putting, you know, makeup on and hairspraying your hair. There's far more work that goes into preparing for a competition. And they did such an incredible job preparing for it. And I really do respect that of both of them because they they understood the assignment. Let's just say they understood the assignment. They understood the commitment. And that's really, really important when you, I guess you apply for the job of a title holder. So you under, you have to understand the commitment that goes into it. They're competing with like 52 other girls? 51. 51. Yeah, well, they're 51 other, 51 total. Uh, they compete in their respective divisions. So they uh, they did a phenomenal job. They, uh, there were three phases of competition, evening gown, the fitness and uh, swimsuit competition, and then the uh, private interview. But there was a newer edition. Uh, it wasn't judged, but it was uh, another, I guess you would say another part of the experience of competing at the Miss USA and Miss Teen USA competition was the state costume. So that was really, really nice. They both uh, selected a costume of their choice that represented their state and themselves. And I thought that was really, really important. And I, when I was helping them come to the conclusion of what they wanted to represent, that had to represent their personality. Yeah. And I think that's super, super important across the board in their entire wardrobe and how they present themselves when they go off to the national competition. I think they nailed it because uh, you know, <laughs> both of them were completely different, but you know, mm -hmm. representing the state and it was really good. Well, and thanks to you again and your uh -huh. team for supporting both of them. Uh, if you don't know, Curry Hair, Skin and Nails has become an official sponsor of the Miss Delaware USA, Miss Delaware Teen USA organization. So we're very, very fortunate to have you on, on our team. Uh, Ava McMurray had her hair maintained and fixed up and uh, well taken care of by you, your team, and Brandon. We were very, very excited to have all of you on board, making sure that her hair looked phenomenal. And it did. It, yeah. it did. And then also 
So yes, yes, and also we had uh, Grace. Uh, she 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 was able to take advantage of some of your services at the salon. So you have more than just hair care at your salons, which I, I always like to stress to people. You have beyond that skin care, hair care, nail care. So you know there was so many um, services, but we were very very fortunate that both of the title holders had the opportunity to take advantage of the all of the services that you offered. So thank you. Yeah, it was. Our pleasure. It was, you know, nice to see the girls, you know, you know, on the pageant and uh, the, in the state costumes and all the gowns and the beautiful. Yes, you know, yes. I, it, you know, it's it's for me. It's it's so n rewarding to see an individual young lady win her respective state title and work so diligently and hard for the national competition. But I always say it's about the journey versus the destination. Yeah. And I love seeing the growth. I love seeing how they learn and they grow and they develop to the woman that they are today. And, I, and I've had the opportunity to witness many title holders yeah. grow and blossom into the women that they are today because it is character building. It is a confidence building, but also the sisterhood. Yeah. And, and that's something that I always like to share with others that it's more than just looking pretty. It is more, it's way, it's not even that actually, because we're all beautiful in our own skin. It's how you feel. It's how you present yourself and that confidence. Yeah. That is something that you, you know, you can't put a price tag on that. But I always say that it's about the journey versus the destination. Yeah. So, uh, I know is it's it, been, it was, it was a great experience. <laughs> is it sad for you when like they have to step down and a new person? Yes. Them? It's it. Well, we always like to say it's bittersweet. Because it's sad that they have to crown a new title holder, but at the same time, it's it's okay. It's okay because it's time for them to move on to the next chapter in their life. And that's what the whole purpose of competing for the title of Miss Delaware USA, Miss Delaware Teen USA is all about. That it's just a it's just a moment in your life that you were blessed with. Because it is a blessing. You you took a chance. You were taking a risk. You stepped out of your comfort zone. And you were blessed with this opportunity to really, really shine. And I always say this to every single new title holder that wins their respective state. It's what you make of the title. So just keep that in mind. It's not like everything's going to be handed to you or you're going to have everything brought to you or you, everything will just happen easily. It's what you make of it. And yes, the work doesn't end. The work just begins as soon as the crown hits your head. But it, again, you know, it's, it's important that every title holder, holder knows that it's just one moment in your life that you're able to learn, grow, but it's only the beginning. It's just, you know, again, it's just a, it's a very, very, I, 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 have to say my experience as Miss Delaware USA was incredible because it was such a, a memorable time in my life. But I, I always look back and realize, wow, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't probably be here. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet you or have the opportunity to be a, a, a host on Good Morning Wilmington or have the opportunity to fe be featured in commercials, TV commercials, modeling gigs. I, you know, it just opportunity after opportunity it's you know it just it's helped me develop into the person that i am today and i truly believe that's what the title offers so many young women they're lucky to have you as a coach thank you thank you well i don't consider myself the coach i'm, I'm i always like to say i'm more of a mentor 
I'm more of a mentor, but yes, I'm coaching them through everything that you have to go through, but I'm more of a mentor. And I, and I love that I have the ability to empower women on a much larger scale now with the title, uh, with the title of being the executive state director of Delaware. So it's truly rewarding. I, pre- I really do appreciate it. And I, and I'm grateful for it every single day really am because it, you know, you never know what tomorrow brings, but I am grateful for it every single day. So, well, anyway, now we're enough of pageant talk. We need to dive into why we are also here because we have a phenomenal guest that will be tuning in. Actually, he's waiting for us. So he'll be joining us very, very quickly. So I'm so excited to introduce our guest. And I've had the opportunity to know our guest. Uh, Randy, I know this might be your first time. time. Yeah, first time meeting our guest for today. So without further ado, I would like to introduce uh, introduce our first guest, excuse me, our guest today is Dennis Carradine. Dennis is a licensed professional counselor of mental health and a nationally certified counselor and board certified expert in traumatic stress and a diplomat for the American Academy of Experts in Traumatic Stress. Currently, he is the executive director of New Perspectives Incorporated, a private counseling agency in Delaware, and served on the faculty of Penn State University Brandywine Campus for 15 years. He is a vice president and principal consultant for the SSC Consulting. Dennis is a trained trainer for Crisis Care Network. He is the president and CEO of the Trauma Survivors Foundation and serves on three international trauma firms. Dennis is a a former nationally registered emergency medical technician and a former emergency medical technician with the state of Delaware. He is also a former firefighter. So there's so much more that Dennis does and what an impressive resume. But without further ado, let's welcome Dennis Carradine. Oh, that, I, you know, that guy sounds impressive. On that, that is actually an amazing sounding person. I, my kids mm-hmm. think I'm a dork, so I, I don't know. So, <laughs> well, I, 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 you know, I've, for those of you who are just tuning in, I've had the the pleasure of knowing Dennis for a few years now, and we met. And I'll I'll share the story real quick, Dennis. Please, I have to I have to make sure everybody takes note because it does connect. So I've had I had the opportunity to connect with Dennis during the pandemic, and it was the height of the pandemic. And Dennis, through through everything he was doing, he he. I guess you would say founded uh, the foundation called Hospital Heroes. And he connected with me at the Bistro. And we were able to partner together and making sure we were feeding our healthcare workers throughout the tri-state area. So again, that was the quick story. I mean, there was more to it, but that was the quick story that we were able to come together for such a great cause. And ever since then, Right, Dennis? You can't get rid of me now. It's it's the story (laughs) of a lifetime. (laughs) But uh, again, you know, I I have to... always share with uh, everyone that's tuning in. We have the uh, the privilege of really meeting some great people and having some really wonderful people on the show. But Dennis, let's talk about you some more. <laughs> Let me say, my, Let, my, my first and foremost best subject is me, right? You know, right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, let's break it down a little bit. So let's talk about the Trauma Survivors Foundation. Why don't you share with our viewers about, uh, or excuse me, listeners about uh, what it is and its mission? Sure. We were, we're actually at our 10th year of the uh, Trauma Survivors Foundation. So we provide all the resources, education, and training necessary for people involved in a, a traumatic event. So 
more recently, if you look at uh, Hurricane Ian or Hurricane Ian, I, I forget what people are calling it, but it's Hurricane Ian, uh, we have some of our trained therapists in our network, uh, boots on the ground in uh, Florida right now, providing, which unfortunately is more palliative care right now versus clinical care. And palliative care is more or less making sure that they have shelter, food, uh, they're moving in the right direction to get people safe. Um, you know, there were areas of Florida that were just completely devastated. Um, so we are in, um, we're, we're based here in Delaware. Everything starts here in Delaware. Uh, but we have providers in 41 different states. Uh, there's about 2,500 of us, give or take, uh, that, that are trained therapists or trained first responders in crisis, uh, crisis intervention. And we go out when, when the need arises. Um, and as Jenza said, during during COVID, uh, we started or we at least developed a new program, the uh, the Hospital Heroes Food Drive, um, that came out of necessity. I think everything that we do, you know, starts with an idea, but we we come out of necessity. Um, when we started roughly ten years ago, uh, we came out of the necessity after uh, the Sandy Hook shooting. Uh, so the elementary shooting, when when I responded up there, I was I was at the shooting, providing comfort and care to to EMS and fire and police, and we started working with uh, the families of the of the uh, the victims and the survivors. And what we found out was, well, we rush in for about a month, and we're there, and we help out, and we do what we can, and make sure people have the right direction, make sure people are are receiving care. But typically we leave and then that leaves people with kind of this uh, emotional wasteland almost. And I, and that's kind of a harsh term, mm-hmm. but it's they don't have the proper guidance as to where to go to get extra help, where they can uh, reach out to people. So long, long story short, but but I always I love telling the story. Um, I was I was made to go to uh, Hartford, Connecticut to work with a company. Uh, that most of the parents from Sandy Hook had worked. And when I was going out there, I stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts. It was this random Dunkin' Donuts in Danbury, Connecticut. And when I walked in, I was dressed in a suit and tie, you know, very professional. And uh, I, I forgot, or at least in my mind, at six o'clock in the morning before the coffee, a um, little bleary eyed. And I looked like a reporter. No offense to any reporter in the world, but I looked like <laughs> one of the, the hordes of reporters that were up in, up in the Connecticut area. And so I stopped at this Dunkin' Donuts and the, the, the girl behind the counter was a co-ed, probably my, my daughter's age, who's, who's a 21-year-old Penn State student. And as I started speaking to her, you know, I just went in, I said, hey, how's your day? I'd like a black coffee. And all of a sudden, tears just started coming down her eyes. And I, I initially thought I did something wrong by asking for a <laughs> cup of coffee, but I figured that's what I was here for. <laughs> And the manager ran over. I thought the manager was going to beat me up at that point. And I was like, look, I don't know what happened here. And the manager said, she's having a really hard day. And I said, okay. I said, look, I'm not a reporter. I'm actually a trauma therapist up here to help with everybody. What's going on? And I found out that her nephew was one of the little boys murdered at at the elementary school. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, we got to do something here. So I spoke to her for about 30 minutes, found out she she was a college co-ed, she was in college, she was underinsured, so she didn't have the wherewithal to go see a therapist afterwards, and she had only been to like a group session maybe once and didn't feel any relief. Mm-hmm. So 
I actually hooked her up with a, with a colleague that lived in that area. Out of my own pocket, I paid for I paid for her counseling for her, um, and and that's where it started. And then since then, we've developed it a five model or a five session model where folks that are involved in these tragedies can see one of our trained therapists for five sessions, either for free or we pay for uh, we pay for their co-pays for their insurance. Wow. Wow. And and again, for our viewers and our listeners that are tuning in, you know, we even though that Randy and I, and I want to mention this, Dennis, so give me a moment, um, because I, even though Randy and I talk about all things beauty, we also talk about the importance of mental health. And, and that's really, really important. And Dennis has actually played a significant role in my life as far as mental health awareness. And I know that if I ever needed help or I had a question or I know I needed to advise someone, I know that I can go to Dennis for that because he is a mental health specialist. But I am a firm believer in mental health awareness and even having the conversation about the importance of it and providing the resources and education. And and that's more the reason why we wanted Dennis on the show. Because not it's yes, it's great being beautiful and feeling, but what is what do we talk about feeling beautiful and feeling good? with from within is far more important and that stems from your mental health so and I appreciate uh, that you were you telling us and sharing us that's you know that story with us and I'm sure there are many other stories (laughs) that you encounter uh, daily and it's um it you know it's 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 just proof that that we need you Dennis we need many others that are focusing on mental health so that leads me to my next question. What is the importance of mental health in today's society? Well, you know, it's it's paramount to who we are, right? Mm. Look, you can go in and and I I firmly firmly believe in both internal and external beauty, right? You know, and and feeling good and being good to yourself has a twofold process. You know, it, you're not going to question, and I always, you know, I, I say this to even patients of mine. You're not going to question whether you broke a bone and you should get it fixed. You you never question that. Right. If your arm's kind of dangling in the wrong direction, you're probably going to go to the ER. You're going to get yourself get mm-hmm. yourself fixed. Every morning right. when you wake up, for the most part, every morning people are going to brush their teeth, they're going to comb their hair, and they're going to try to put on or at least a presentation that they look good. But internally, if you're not feeling good about yourself, nothing else is going to work. But yet we question that. We question that as a society. Mm-hmm. We question whether or not we should take care of our mental self. We question whether or not we should see a therapist. I mean, believe it or not, there's still this huge stigma that if you you go to a shrink like me, then there's something must be completely mm-hmm. wrong with you. And, mm-hmm. and that's not the case. You know, my mm-hmm. my practice is a little unique. I see primarily healthcare folks. I see uh police, fire, ambulance, professional people. But in that realm, that stigma is probably the highest. Like, you know, the our superheroes won't allow that chink in the harbor some in the armor sometimes. And by telling them, like, look, it's okay not to be okay, but mm-hmm. it's also okay to talk about why you're not okay, you know, becomes one of our biggest standpoints of getting them through the door. And and let's face yes. it, 80% of the battles won when you make that almost acknowledgement that something's wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Very, and, very, very true. 
Well, I, you know, and I could get on my, I mean, if you have 12 hours, I'll get on my soapbox about, <laughs> about mental health. But it, but it's truthfully one of those things that, you know, we, we wake up in the morning and we fail to tell ourselves simple things, right? You know, right. So years ago, I think when, you know, I used to ride Tyrannosaurus Rexes to school, you know, and, and what have you back, you know, I've been in practice 26 years. So it's been a while since I've been in school. And one of my mentors had always said, what's your mantra? And I, mm -hmm. I never had one. I never, I, I, what do you mean? And he would say, you know, when you wake up in the morning, what do you tell yourself? And I said, outside of thank God I'm awake. I mean, what, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, and, and he, he would say, no, you got to give yourself a mantra. Mm -hmm. And so I started practicing a mantra every morning. And, it, you know, you have your little routine. Like I go in and, you know, a year now I've had a beard, you know, that I, I love my little, my, uh, my headshot without the beard. Now I'm all fuzzy. But, you know, <laughs> I got my little routine in the morning and whatever. And as I'm getting prepared, I tell myself, do a great job today and earn what you deserve. Mm. And that's my mantra every morning. It's a good if, mantra. If you start with a mantra, I, whatever your personal mantra is, it could be, I'm good enough. People love me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a great talk show host today or whatever it is. And you have a mantra, then you're doing something positive. Your voice is the first positive thought that you're having throughout that day. Now your day could suck. Your day could be horrible. But yet you have that first positive thing. I would also say, and I throw it in every morning, make your bed. You know, uh, it, you know, you, you, when you get home, you've told yourself something very positive. Mm -hmm. you, you started your day positively. You get home, you're tired, you're, you're, you're whatever your bed's made. So you got two very positive mental health things that you could do for yourself, but yet we fail to do it. And, mm -hmm. and that, that, that astonishes me most of the time. I'm really glad that you said that because it's an easy thing to do. Yeah. Do your bed. The yeah. moment you wake up, the first thing you do is turn around, do your bed. Actually, I do that. And I believe in that. So I'm glad that you said that because yeah. I was, I, my mom always taught me that, you know, make sure when you get up, the first thing you do is do your bed because when you come back to your bed, it's done and you can start over. It's like starting fresh, starting over like you, and it, it, you know, it's coming back where it's put together. You know, it's just, uh, you know, every way you can look at it, but I do agree with that piece of advice. So thank you for sharing that because it is so simple. Yeah. And it makes you feel successful mm -hmm. right then and there. Right, oh, yes. right, right. So um, I have to just bring it back just a little bit more, Dennis, because I know that I I was able to share with our viewers about the your resume and well, it's a little bit of your resume. I'm sure the, the resume is as endless, but I would love to find out and I actually may know the answer to this, but I want everyone else to um, understand why and or what led you into pursuing this avenue and career path in your life. Oh God. Yeah. You know, this started back, you know, being part of, you know, and I, and I, and I do look at my roots with that being a part of the Italian, Italian American community in Wilmington never hurt. I, you know, that was one of the things where you're almost bred into a life of service, right. You know, and part of me growing up and, and when I, when, when I'm asked this question, I used to remember, and I went to, and I'll, I'll, I'll say the name. I went to St. Elizabeth's uh, grade school and <laughs> high school. And we used to get these little UNICEF boxes, if you know any of us old heads remember the UNICEF boxes, and you would have to bring them in at the end of the week, you know, and people mm -hmm. would put change in there. 
And I was always the kid that it didn't matter what, you know, I had to put money in there. And then we would have the food drive, you know, and I would go down, sorry, mom, if you're listening, but I would steal, you know, canned goods and put them all in a little bag and bring them in. And I think growing up into that community was about helping other people. So mm-hmm. as I started going through this, I, I actually wanted to be, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I wanted to be a pediatrician. I thought that was my calling when I got into uh, my undergraduate. Mm-hmm. And I, I found out this really cool thing called psychology by my sophomore year and had completely changed around. You know, there's those moments in time where you meet people in your life that are always going to be in the back of your mind, no matter what, they're mm-hmm. going to help guide and inspire. And and I met two professors. If there's ever such a cool thing uh, or, or a cool psychologist, I met two uh, really cool psychologist professors um, and, and they formed the way I believed in the science, you know? And, and so as I started developing that, I thought, well, where can I take this? What can I do with it? And I found that there was a niche that ultimately was being underserved, and that was in the trauma community. Mm-hmm. And and not not trauma as in what we experience on a daily basis. I mean, you get stuck in traffic, people will say that's a traumatic experience. It's it's an inconvenience. But I thought more the global trauma of what happens to the people in mass shootings, what happens mm-hmm. to the people in in these horrible, you know, natural disasters. What happens to the cop on the street or the firefighter involved? And so I developed that kind of, not, you know, if it's a niche, it's a niche. But I developed that kind of understanding of what trauma was as related to those situations. Hmm. You know, and that's that's kind of how I started. Now, you know, my my efforts of giving back have never stopped from that UNICEF days. You know, I've I have I have uh, cooked. Thanksgiving dinners for the masses. I have done food drives. I've done obviously the hospital heroes food drives. I do everything, you know, that I can to help because look, you know, we got a hundred years on this world. And if you're not helping, I don't know what you're doing, you know, so just my thoughts. (laughs) No, no. And I, we appreciate you sharing that with us. We actually have a question from one of our uh, viewers and (laughs) listeners. Do you get depressed working with the victims. No, that's why God made alcohol. It makes it all easier. No, just that's bad. Don't listen to me with that one, kids. Um, uh, yeah, right. You know, don't well, I, know. One, Randy, you don't know Dennis the way I know Dennis. He's hilarious, by the way. I don't know. I catch uh, every one of his jokes. I, you know, that's it, actually an excellent question. It's, I actually find it an absolute honor to work with people. So mm. I don't view it maybe as other people would view it. Maybe mm. I, I, and I'm, this isn't my like magical uniqueness or anything. I find it an honor to be in their lives for a little bit. Mm. Um, just as a real quick story, I, I was down for about a month uh, to the Pulse nightclub shooting and the love and support that I saw after that shooting was something I had never seen before. Mm. And I, I had helped a reporter down there and the reporter had a brother that was shot in the nightclub that actually was at, at one of the hospitals. And it was during one of the ceremonies, the reporter said, could you please go to see my brother? And, and I was like, okay. And she gave me the background that he had actually left Cuba. He, he, he was a, a gay individual, had left Cuba because of harassment. His parents had kind of thrown him out and whatever. And now here, here he was, this victim of the shooting. A survivor of the shooting. So when I went into the hospital, 
I, I said, look, I am only going to do this. I'm only going to speak to him as if I could speak to your mother and mm. you're going to be there as well. And mom will be there. Mm. And so that took a little bit of convincing. And then I went in to speak with him. And here he is laid up in bed, a few, few gunshot uh, wounds. And I started speaking to him and I said, look, I'm here to help you. But I got mm. somebody else that I think is going to help you even more. And his mother, who he hadn't seen in about five years, walked in. Wow. And he cried. She cried. The reporter cried. I got a little dust in my eyes and I was out. I had to leave for a minute. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. I That was one of those seminal moments that I said, you know, this this is why I'm here. This is, right. this is my purpose. And so do I get depressed? Some will always stick with me. 9-11 sticks with me. Uh, mm-hmm. Sandy Hook sticks with me. Pulse sticks with me. Uh but I, I, I am so honored. I, I literally am honored to be in these folks' lives, even if it's for a moment. Right. And we appreciate what you're doing right. because it is so, so important. And, and I know that you did mention this before that, you know, monumental situations is where you really come in and you see the need. Not just obviously every day is just as important for mental health awareness, but since COVID, the U.S. has experienced a mental health crisis related to everything we've we've faced over the last three years. You know what are where what are a few recommendations for indiv- individuals to keep themselves mentally healthy and well? <laughs> wow, here's here's my next twelve hours of a dissertation with it. You know, <laughs> the quick version, Dennis. I, the quick version is, oh my God, you know. Uh, now that, there's a couple of things, and let's be honest with it: we are in a mental health crisis. Right. Reach out. You know, the first mm-hmm. the first thing is, is does everybody need a therapist in, in our world? Yes, obviously, everybody needs a therapist that pays the bills. Right. You know, but that's not the case. The case is, is that you need to be open and acknowledge some of those thoughts and feelings that you're having. Anxiety mm-hmm. and depression are normal, healthy feelings. We, we get those at times. It's actually a little early warning device that basically tells us something's wrong. So when we're depressed, mm-hmm. we need to talk about it. Talk about it with loved ones. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt real quick because I, I think you said something that I feel that not everyone understands. Anxiety and depression is. Oh, normal normal and healthy. Normal and healthy. And I think that's what, I think a lot of people miss that. Right. Because you're right. You're so right about that. Please. I'm sorry. Like it it, it stuck with me and I was like, wow, no one ever, never has, you know, put it that way before, but you're right. It, it's again, it goes into that definition of trauma and trauma response, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're depressed and somebody comes in there and says, well, I've never felt this way before in their mind, it's a crisis. And sometimes it's very normal. You think about it, you know, look, if you, if you miss someone in your life, we grieve them, right? We grieve mm-hmm. them very much. Like we would grieve the death of a loved one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a patient that you know, his, his, his fiance, uh, is part of the military and she had actually was stationed in Japan, you know? And so being stationed in Japan, he's here stateside, she's in Japan. And he says, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And I said, because you're grieving. I said, she's not close. You're not holding her, touching her. You're not in that close proximity. He goes, well, but we FaceTime. And I said, do you kiss the screen? I, I, I mean, what, what do you do to have that closeness? So again, anxiety and depression, very much like anger, is very normal. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that, and man, I hate this phrase, but I'm going to say it, we went through unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, if we look at the mental health world, COVID-19, the pandemic, was our Super Bowl. You mm-hmm. know, you know, I, you know, it was that time 
where mental health people had the shine. And, and I think we did. I think we did for the most part, but there's not enough of us. So when I tell people like, look, I would love to see you, but I can't see a thousand people a week. That's not what my private practice is about, you know, but I can I could tell you a couple of things. And so when I tell people a few things, I say, number one, talk, acknowledge your feeling. Make sure that you tell people we call it authentic self. You know, it's that funny when you ask somebody, how's your day? And they go, fine, good, you know, whatever. They're not really being authentic. If somebody asks me how my day is, it's kind of like asking me what time it is. I'm going to tell you how to build a watch, you know, and then I'll tell you, you know, how I'm feeling. But honestly, How's your day going, Dennis? Okay. Just, I just roll with it. And, you know. Dennis, do you recommend meditation? To oh, your gotcha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's part of that mantra, right? Yeah. So if you get up in the morning and you take five minutes to breathe, and that's my second point, acknowledge it, be authentic, and then take five minutes a day. You know, I tell folks it's real easy to breathe and think about yourself for five minutes. We think about ourselves every day of the week, right? You know, but we think in terms of almost a narrative, like Morgan Freeman is, is talking to us about our lives, right? You know, And we forget that we have to be the voice in our heads to tell us that we're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether you have some meditative thoughts or some deep breathing, which is real simple. And I, I don't know if I, if I pop myself up, I could kind of show it. If you ever question if you're breathing appropriately, take your right hand and put it on your chest and then take your left hand and stick it on your stomach and just breathe, breathe normally. If you notice that your left hand is raising, you're breathing normally, you're getting breath from your diaphragm. If you notice your right hand is raising, that means you're anxious. You're getting Mm. shallow breaths. Both hands are raising. You're engorging the system and you're probably exhausted. You're not getting enough enough rest at night. If neither hand's raising, you're dead. And that's just weird. So we can move on from that. (laughs) I'm sorry. Dennis, I, I love that no, you. I <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's he always. Uh, it's funny every time I talk serious with Dennis, he always makes you laugh, well, and I and, think, and that's a testament yeah, yeah. of the, that you are meant to be a mental health specialist because yes, you are a good listener, but you also know how to make people laugh and smile. So that's a secret. It's your secret power. It really <laughs> is. It really is. I will I will accept that secret power and wield it uh, wield it well. But you know that's a third. You know, look, you 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 know you start from the higher. You start in the morning, make your bed, have a mantra. You know, be authentic in yourself throughout the day. Mm. Do a little meditation, simple breathing, and, and surround yourself with positive people. Right. Look, in in my real world, and I hate to say it, I'm very dismissive, meaning that I don't like the negatives in my life. Right. And it, and it's it's I've had to learn lesson after lesson. I am king mm-hmm. of the second and third chances, but I've had it where if somebody is exceedingly negative, you know, then then we need to to kind of get rid of them. Mm-hmm. You know, why hang on to people that really don't enhance your life or or serve you in some way? It's the uh, the Pareto principle, the eighty twenty rule, mm-hmm. where we take eighty percent of our time on twenty percent of the people in our lives that really don't matter. You know, we need to flip that around a little bit. We need to make 80% of our time to, uh, you know, the people in our lives to 100% of the people in our lives that absolutely matter. And you think if, is there one person in your life right now, after this interview, not, not during, that'd be weird, but right after this interview, 
that you can make a phone call that immediately will make you smile, that'll immediately make you feel good with it. You know, that they have a little joke or they have a little story or whatever. And if you have that person in your life, make sure you cultivate that relationship versus the one upper that if you give them a call to tell them that you have a headache, they're telling you that they have a brain tumor and you're, mm. you know, you're, you're already at that negative point with somebody. So yes. make sure those people that you have are, 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 are pretty positive in your life, you know? Right, right, right. Randy, did you have a question? I yeah, know you, yeah. you had um, one. I had a stroke when I was 52 years old and I was really healthy. And, um, what helped me, I, I started reading Buddhist books sure. and living in now really helped me over everything. You know, uh, if you live in the past, you're repeating old habits. And if you, you're anxious and living in the future, you know, yeah. now is the only time to live. So I really believe uh, that mm. to be important in mental Absolutely. health. Yes, what we have we have today, and why not make the most of today? I I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for me, right? You know, and 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 Ray, God bless you for it. I had you know not kindred spirits, I guess, but you know during COVID, I ended up having an aortic valve replacement surgery. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> went through that life changing experience, and you know you come out of it and you think to yourself. Mm -hmm what can I do? Like, you know, I've done, I've lived this life of, of service and I've lived this life that I think I've done very well, but man, I, you know what, I, I could probably do more on a daily basis to make sure that the people in my life know that I love them, that I know that I love myself and that I am doing everything I can for my patients and, and for everybody around me that they're going to be okay that day. Right. And I agree a hundred percent. We have today. That's it. We got 24 hours. So Dennis, we just had another question pop up that, uh, and it was, a, it's actually a very, very important question about social media and cell phones. Do they, do you feel, and I know the answer, but do you feel <laughs> the mental health specialist that, that they play a significant role in depression? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> short answer. Yes. Uh, mm. long answer. Let's get back to smoke signals because that <laughs> might be a better option at this point. Mm -hmm. But you know, why do we get stressed out? You, you think about it. It's, it's, we're all based in that FOMO, you know, that fear of missing out yes. we're based in, I, mm -hmm. I've said, and I don't, you know, I, I won't use nasty words or anything, but you know, social media is either about bragging or it's about complaining. Mm. You know, it's, it's either you brag about this life. That's not really your life or you're complaining about your life. That's not really your life. So right. we're, highlight reel. Yeah. It, we're constantly living in hyperbole. You know, I, I watched kind of funny story. You know, I had taken my kids to uh, to a, a restaurant up in Philadelphia and we went into the restaurant and literally it was us and this other table. And it was two girls at the other table and they were taking pictures like crazy. I mean, just <laughs> made, you know, the, the upshots and downshots and they're all over the place. They're taking all these pictures in front of the bar. There is literally no one in here except for me my two kids at the time and and these these two young ladies and so my daughter found out their ig account you know this instagram account mm -hmm. and she kind of looked up real quick with it and she goes oh my god and i said what she goes were, were we just at a party and i was like what do you mean and when i looked at that instagram account you would have thought we were at this 
wonderful <laughs> movie premiere at this amazing restaurant. And I was like, I the salad was cool. I, I really don't know, you know. And so if we're living in a life of hyperbole, I think it depresses the hell out of people because they ultimately want that life. Yeah. And then also you think about, you know, and not for whatever it's worth, what, you know, we're all responsible for what we do. But then we all start kind of believing that that's the way we should. And if you ever mm -hmm. question that, think about the challenges. Mm -hmm. How many people in their right mind would pick up a, a, a Carolina Reaper pepper and throw it in their mouth outside of my daughter, would throw it in their mouth and eat the whole thing if it wasn't a challenge that people were taking pictures of to make you look like you're something that you're not? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's I think depression and stress come come greatly from social media. Plus, we've become an unobservant society. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you sit around, we went out, you know, and I and, and I don't know if he's listening, but my son's 25th birthday lunch, we went out um, and, and I watched the table behind us and it was a table of 10 people. Every single person was on their phone. Mm -hmm. And we were we were sitting around there, you know, my my wife, the three kids, we were sitting around joking and we were having fun and we were ripping on each other and we were doing everything that we can the table over there the 10 people were dead silent looking at their phones <laughs> and i thought isn't that a missed opportunity for human connection and what are you doing so mm -hmm. so i go back to that to that listener you know john i think his name is john yeah absolutely 100 i think it i think there is stress and depression that's based in it and severe anxiety, not just mm -hmm. little like eh, anxiety, severe anxiety based in social media and, and, and cell phones. <laughs> you know, wow. so it, and I agree. I, I totally agree. I I always say that you don't believe everything you see on social media. And if you need to take a break from social media to protect your mental health, yeah. do it and do it often. I actually did it yesterday. I tried to do it once a day, or excuse me, once a week, uh, where I actually purposely don't even pick up my phone. I know right. I, if I'm with my family or I'm spending the day with my family, I, I will try my best to leave my phone in my bag and not constantly look at it and look at it because just the 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 motion of picking it up and looking at it, picking up and checking it, picking up and checking it, that's already stressful as is because, okay, I can't miss anything. I can't miss anything. And that is overwhelming sometimes. So it's very, very important to take a break or just press the pause button. And I, and I, I think it's healthy. Yeah. Well, do yourself, you know, if you want to prove a point of stress and depression, mm -hmm. do this to yourself or do this to the people that follow you. Whether you have two followers or 200,000 followers, this is a little, here you go. Here's, here's the shrink. Because if you follow me on social media, especially my private stuff, I mess with people all the time. That's what we do, right? You know, that's being a shrink. We mess with people. <laughs> so I say, you know, right now, all you do, and, and literally do nothing else, put Biden in, in a post. Nothing else, just Biden. Mm. Wait an hour and then put Trump. And that's all you do. Don't comment on it. Don't do anything else. The hatred on both of the commentary that's going to come up, it will be amazing. The the triggering effects that mm -hmm. just words have right now on social media. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to get like a heart monitor on some of these folks that lose their minds on social mm -hmm. media because of, of these triggering effects. And why do it to yourself? Don't. I, I agree with you. Take 
take a little bit of a break, walk away from the screen a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's something funny. Go outside. There's a big <laughs> gaseous ball of fire in the air that you need a little <laughs> vitamin D every now and then. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. It's so, so, so true. Go outside. Right. Yeah. You're right. Get some fresh air. Um, so I, I have to touch on this because I, I looked I looked at the time and I, I, and I knew that we were going to get through this uh, this whole session. But I want to I want to I want to make sure that we touched on hospital heroes because sure. uh, you supplied over 41,000 meals to hospital workers wow. through the Hospital Heroes Food Drive, which is incredible. And thank you so uh, much, Dennis, yes. and to your volunteers for thank doing that and supporting our healthcare workers and our first responders. I know that you, this is near and dear to you. Oh, absolutely. Um, so thank you for, you know, doing something that is so, so needed. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, I think it's really, really important and, and even share with our, our listeners and viewers um, information about it. How can they donate? How can they volunteer? How can they be a part of it and participate? Sure. We, you know, we did this out of necessity to start during COVID, you know, and, and our partners, which we have about a hundred restaurant partners that start that are in New York all the way down to Virginia. Um, when we started this, and I and I and I asked her to listen because I I love telling the story. It started with my wife, you know, then at the time girlfriend. So I was trying to really impress her by starting an entire program based on her. You know, you start a program, she has to say yes when you get engaged. That's the <laughs> way it is, right? So. So Laura was was a nurse at, at at Jefferson and and Jefferson Hospital in downtown Philly, which was the epicenter around here for for COVID and had the most deaths and, and and most problems. And I had asked her, you know, if she had eaten that day, and she said, no, you know, the cafeterias are closed and this and that and so forth. And and I that that wasn't in my little Italian mind, you know, food is love. And I mm -hmm. said, no, 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 we're not having that. So I went down, a friend of mine owned, uh, owns uh, Lucha Cartel, and I called him and I said, do you have, I know you're closing, but do you have any food? And he had, he had 150 burritos. So we gathered up 150 burritos because they were quick and easy to eat. And we brought them to Jefferson for the hospital staff. And that was the moment I said, we got to do this. And so we started, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, well, it went on. What's that? A burritos Italian? Well, you know, this one had this one had a little bit of oregano in it, so I <laughs> so that made it Italian. Italian inspired. <laughs> so, so we we started with that, and we started getting the donations, and it, it was a need because everything was closed, mm -hmm. and there were very few folks in the restaurant industry that were staying open. But some of our partners, we said, "Look, we're going to get money for you. We want you to stay open, prepare this meal, so we can give you money." And then we want to then we want to give it to the hospitals and the money started coming in the, the restaurant partners coming in. There were some that, I, you know, was just the blew me out of the water. We had Kentucky Fried Chicken. We had KFC call and said, hey, we have a thousand chicken meals. Do you have hospitals where this? Can wow. I said, absolutely. Now, as a vegetarian. My car smelled like fried chicken, or it was torture. <laughs> but, but the reality is, is that we we continued to do that throughout, and mm -hmm. then it moved from moved from a need to now appreciation. Mm -hmm. So the meals that we give right now are more appreciative. Somewhere along the line, during I think it was the summer of the riots, um, healthcare turned from our heroes to now the villains again. Like you're not mm -hmm. doing enough for us. And I and again, I could go on a dissertation with that about why that happened, but it happened. 
So now we see nurses and docs, and, and like I said, my pra practice is primarily for them. We see nurses and docs that are trauma-ridden, that they're exhausted, they're tired, but they've done an amazing job. So mm -hmm. we just did one uh, right up at Crozier where we went in, uh, you know, over a hundred meals, you know, and, and from one of our favorite, favorite restaurant partners, we went in and, and delivered meal to this uh, trauma symposium that they talked about the, uh, the, the, uh, the pandemic and so forth. So this is all still fresh. You just go to hospitalheroesfooddrive.org. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to the trauma survivors foundation.org um, and, and go in there. And we actually have a link for you to donate a meal, donate a shift of meals, just donate your time, but it, but it's all in there. And we've, we've maintained it again now just strictly for appreciation. Right. And uh, again, thank you, Dennis, for doing that. But really, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laura, for for yeah, inspiring, cool. uh, <laughs> inspiring Dennis to come up with this idea. So we're going to give credit where it's due. OK, Dennis, <laughs> shout out to Laura. We love her. Uh, OK, so I really want to shift gears real quick because I know we only have a few more minutes left. So let's talk about November 5th. This is big. I really want to go to this event. And Randy, you should try to go, too. This is yeah. going to be huge. So tell us all about the black tie and sneakers masquerade. Well, I, you know, this one is, this is my absolute favorite event. We're involved in so many different events, and but the black tie and sneakers is my little baby. This was one that I, we brought it to Delaware thinking we were going to do something kind of formal, but with a fun little twist to it with the sneakers. And then as of uh, 2019, our last one, right before the pandemic, we had it at the Queen and it, it, the Queen in downtown uh, Wilmington. Mm -hmm. So it was big and it was this ball. And I, my thought is, is it's got to get bigger. It's got to get even better. Sounds so, like you, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you just got to add layers, right? right so right. we decided we're going to move it to Philadelphia. So on November 5th, we're going to be at Live Casino Hotel in Philadelphia. And then we started adding even more layers to this. This one I tell you is going to be one of those one of those for the record books just from our live acts. So we have two live acts. I did want to bring Delaware up to Philadelphia. So our main headlining act is Kristen in the Noise. If awesome. you haven't heard Kristen in the Noise, you've been mm -hmm. living under a rock for the past. You know, They're awesome. Years. So, but we also have a really cool band that's going to be there—a seven-piece uh, uh, brass band called Snack Time Philly. Snack mm -hmm. Time developed during the during the pandemic where they would go to the different neighborhoods in Philadelphia and would play music their trumpets and trombones and tubas and so forth but they they got notoriety so they've opened up for the Philadelphia 76ers they've been on Jimmy Kimmel live and we got them so they're going to be there playing awesome. for the cocktail hour now that's one layer the second layer to it which is <laughs> even more amazing is that we have 12 chefs that are going to be cooking the meals now wow. you pay 12 chefs who cares what well, we do because we have James Beard nominated uh, award-winning chefs. We have a fellow from the James Beard uh, Foundation that are that are starting. Angie Bronca from Kempar Kitchen is the one that's coordinating all this. We have mm -hmm. Mike from Mike's uh, Barbecue, one of the most popular barbecue spots it, it, up there. I, I mean, we have people that are going to knock you out of this world with food. And it's going to be the whole concept of coming in and eating. We're also bringing Delaware up there again. We got... Uh, uh, Chef Jeremiah from Hamilton's on Main, he's coming up. So mm -hmm. we have that. Now another level letter, uh, level <laughs> added to that. Uh, we have 12, not only just chefs, 
but we have 12 distilleries, breweries, and wineries that are going to be associated there, like Dad's Hat Rye, Resurgent Whiskey, Kiki Vodka. They're all going to be there giving away all their drinks and all that. So we have that, and we have this other wild thing that we obviously, as, as a foundation, we support uh, the Miss Teen Delaware USA and the Miss Delaware USA uh, Association. But I got a phone call, and this, and, and this is one that we just started advertising. I got a phone call from Megan Myers, who is uh, Mrs. Maryland USA. Hmm. And Megan said, hey, is this a tri-state uh, type of event? I said, <laughs> this is Philadelphia, baby. This is whatever you want it to be. Right. Welcome all. <laughs> so just to tell you this, and I, and I throw this out because we're still waiting on one person that we know very, uh, very well to, to make her decision uh, to be there. But we have 10, can I say queens or I, can I say pageant winners? Title holders. The title holders, even better. <laughs> we have 10 title holders from New York, Maryland, Delaware, and Pennsylvania wow. that are going to be at the uh, the black tie event. So, so awesome. That makes me so I, happy. <laughs> it is, I, when I got that phone call, Megan, Megan is just amazing. As Mrs. Maryland USA, she's a mother of seven. Oh, wow. I, I don't know how the hell she does it, but it's it's pretty wild. She's going to be there. And so we keep adding all these really cool little events. And we have Bungie Brand Sneakers as one of our sponsors. Bungie uh, is now going to be his sneakers are in Neiman Marcus. Uh, mm -hmm. He's one of the premier sneaker players. His backstory is amazing. All of our chefs were affected by COVID somehow. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a celebration. You get all of this. Okay, you know, and I, I almost sound like the guy from uh, from Oxyclean. You get all of this, but wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> you you get this in in Philadelphia, but look, you know, we got you can rent a room up there. You can do whatever you want, and we made it a masquerade ball. So mm -hmm. we want it to be sexy, fun, happy, we comfortable want it to be a celebration, and comfortable, and comfortable. So yeah. make sure, you know, you get to blacktiesneakersgala.com. Like I said, this is this is my favorite. I absolutely adore the Black Tie Sneakers uh, Gala now with the Masquerade. Let's get it. It's oh, yeah. It's going to be the party of the year for yeah. sure. Party of the year for sure. And Randy, I definitely yeah. suggest that you mark your calendar and anybody yeah. listening, definitely mark your calendar because I know Dennis knows how to throw a party. <laughs> well, and I, I'm going to give this to anybody that's listening right now. Give me, give me 30 minutes and it'll be live, but we're going to offer all your listeners and watchers a little promo code. Oh, so, you know, let's, let's make it kitschy. Let's okay. go to the promo code pronto is going to give you a savings off that. of the black tie and sneakers. Look, it's only $150 for all of that, which is, which is a crazy price for it. Mm -hmm. But we're going to give you a little bit of savings. If you're listening to the show and you heard me go to our site, Get your tickets and type in pronto and you'll get a little bit of savings for it. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. that. That's awesome. So don't miss out. There's the promo code okay. right on the screen. Pronto. Wow. So just make sure that you uh, type that in to get that discounted rate. Dennis, I know that we're winding down this interview and I knew that we were going to be just fine chatting with you because we can talk for hours. But I do have our final and traditional question that we ask all of our guests on our show. So. I hope you're ready. <laughs> if you could chat with anyone from the past or present on a podcast, Ooh. who would it be and why? Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, 
Well, I, you know, can I do, can I do two, but uh, real quick with it? Absolutely. First one passed, Sigmund Freud. You know, everybody believed, you know, the mm -hmm. father of modern day psychology was an absolute nut job with a cocaine problem. But it, in all truth, his background, he started what we now know as hysteria, which he started with women in, in, in Vienna that were being abused by their husbands. The Viennese government actually made him destroy all of his papers uh, because they wanted to continue this open abuse of, of women. So Freud had started this movement against domestic violence and sexual assault and so forth. I would love to get down and just talk, literally talk the scary head of his and figure mm -hmm. figure stuff out. And then, I, you know, for, for it, I would like to do a panel on a podcast and the panel would be my my mentors. And they're all living. They're all, you know, just shaking their heads at me every day of the week. Maybe, maybe listening in. I, I hope they are. Podcast. But I, I would love to sit down with all of them and say, you know, one, thank them, but mm. also kind of kind of see what they think of where we're all going in the world in, in mental health wise. Very nice. Very Do a nice. shout out for them. Oh, God. Oh, God. Al Meyer. God, he, he a crazy, crazy man. He is. Uh, Dr. Portia Hunt. Oh my God, they they were they were the people that that literally kind of shaped who I am. You know, if I could say if I could say anything, they were the ones that told me to to go with you know what I wanted to do. Dr. Christina Fieser, Dr. Pat Krantz. If I could sit them down, you know, I've thanked them individually over the years, but truthfully, just to say, what do you think has happened in the past? 26 years most of them would try to commit me i think but the <laughs> the idea is is that uh I, that would be fun for me that would be fun excellent excellent all right well dennis we are at the end but i do want to reiterate some of your social media handles because we, i want everyone to connect with you follow because you just never know you know who you will inspire but also maybe someone is uh, truly in need of a mental health specialist and uh, we're able to provide resources and education here on pronto's podcast so would you share with all of our viewers ways they can uh, touch you know connect with you touch base with you um, and definitely share hospital heroes trauma survivors again as well sure sure go to everything starts with our websites and you can get everything off of them but the the mother is uh the trauma survivors foundation.org or .com because we were just indecisive then you can go to the hospital heroes food drive.org uh you can go to my practice new perspectives inc.com or just go to me dennis and if you go to dennis it links you back to everything else we're on all social media platforms so just look for us and go to blacktiesneakersgala.com. Uh, get your tickets using promo code PRONTO. Thank, thank you. you. That's thank awesome. You. Dennis, thank you again. It was thank a you, pleasure. Dennis. Pleasure. Thank we'll you so see you. you. We will see you soon. And maybe, well, I know I'll see you sooner, but we'll maybe see him at the Black Tie and yeah. Sneaker Gala. So that was uh, another great show. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love, I love always being informed. I love being educated, but I, I you know, I, I'm a firm believer in mental health awareness. I really, really am. I, I, I always say this to everyone in my circle protect your peace, protect your joy. And it starts from you first, advocating for that.
yourself and then making sure you're protecting your world and making sure you're making, you know, making sure you're taking care of your mental health. So, you know, I wanted to share one more thing before we close out the show that I didn't get to touch on. Dennis is actually also a sponsor for the Miss Delaware USA and Miss Delaware Teen USA organization through the Trauma Survivors Foundation. When I became the executive state director, the first thing I thought about was I need to make sure that my title holders and my contestants have resources for mental health because I felt that we live in a different day and age where through social media, we feel that we have to look and act and think a certain way. And I I felt it was extremely imperative that I was able to provide not only my title holders, but my contestants resources and education. And I was able to partner with Dennis through, through the Trauma Survivors Foundation and create custom create mental health videos and educational resources for my contestants and title holders only. Dennis was able to partner me, partner with me and create these videos and information and resources specifically for them and everything that they're doing. So Dennis, thank you for everything that you're doing in the community, in the area, actually all around the world because you're touching everyone's lives. So thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Oh, all Do right. You sleep. No. I know. No, no, we don't sleep, right? We keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that that is it. We're at the end, but make sure you you stay tuned for our next episode. We will have our next episode coming soon. Just just stay tuned. You can follow on Curry Hair Skin and Nails Instagram page, my Instagram Instagram page, which is at Chenza C E N Z A, or at Randy Curry, and you can follow us when our next episode of Pronto will be. So make sure you tune in soon. All right. Pronto, Randy. Pronto, Vincenzo.